0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Greater Christ Temple in Lima, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. While you're standing, Psalm 118, while you're standing, Psalm 118, we certainly give honor to the Lord. Hallelujah to his spirit that we feel in this place. I'm grateful this morning there's something about being in the midst of praise. You could come in with all kind of emotions, all kind of feelings, all kind of burdens, but when you just get into an atmosphere of praise, there's something that happens I I I can't explain it don't ask me scientifically what it is but all I know is when you get in the midst of praise see the Bible tells us that God dwells in the midst of praise if you feel distance from God or you need a touch from him just start praising him and see what happens Uh just start open up your mouth and exalting his name and see what happens because praise I heard somebody say praise is your weapon uh huh, yeah, yeah. The weapons of our warfare, somebody said it yesterday, are not carnal. Woo, but they're mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. Your praise is your weapon. My father used to say, if you want to confuse the enemy, just start praising him in the midst of the trouble. Right in the middle of your storm, just start praising God and watch something happen. Yeah, yeah. See, I've had to rely on that a little bit more than I ever have in these last few months, these last few uh, weeks. But somebody say, praise is my weapon. That's not what I'm going to preach, but that is what's in my spirit right now. Psalm 118. I know you're turning to it. I do just want to say very quickly, I am so thankful. Thank you to everyone. Who has supported us during this time all of you by now know what's happened in our family losing our daughter but I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart my wife's heart our children's heart my mother's heart thank you for the support that you all have given to us I don't take it for granted and I don't take it lightly every phone call every uh, every act of service every text everything that you all have done to support us every hug every just understanding look everything even just showing up. I thank you. I thank you for what you've done for us. Psalm 118, verse 23. I'm just going to read one verse of scripture. I need somebody to pray with me this morning. Psalm 118, verse 23. Let's read it together. This is the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. Let's read that again. Let's read it with a little fire. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word, God. We know your word is blessed, God. We don't have to ask you to bless it, God. But we can ask you to bless our ears, to bless our understanding, Lord, that we might receive what you have for us through your word. Lord, allow me to decrease that you might increase. Speak a word to us this morning, God, for we need Oh, word, God, send down the bread of heaven, Lord, allow us to feast, Lord, feed us, hallelujah, until we want no more. We bless your name now, in Jesus' name, amen. Let everyone say amen. 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 Help me preach this this morning. I feel good, and I feel like there's a word from the Lord, and for no other reason, I got to preach this for myself, but look at somebody and say, even in this. Uh-huh, that's the message, right? There's nothing else to it. Just, even in this, uh-huh, yes, yes, you may be seated in the house of the Lord, even in this. We just finished a period of time that we know as the Christmas season, which is a time that we the, the, the world has set aside for us to spend with family With friends, we we, we use this season to love on each other, to to laugh together, to give, and to receive uh, from each other. We've come to know this as a time and a season of giving. Right. I, this is not a Christmas message, but just bear with me. Uh, but this past, in these past few weeks, how many of you did some sort of gift exchange in your family? Raise your hand if you did a gift exchange in your family. Raise your hand if you did maybe a gift exchange at work on your job. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some of our students, I'm sure, did gift exchanges of some sort in their classroom but this holiday time is a time that we recognize even those outside of the church recognize as a time to bless away from ourselves to give gifts to others and to experience the true joys of giving and Receiving, And we understand that we relate the the concept of giving to the the greatest gift that was ever given to us. Why do we do this? Why do we have this Christmas season? It's because we recognize that God gave us the greatest gift we could ever have. And that is himself in the form of Jesus Christ. Elder White, uh, a few weeks ago, preached a message called The Gift of God. And I give honor to Elder White, to Elder Corey to Evangelist Chambers, Elder Gooding, all of our elders, Evangelist Hilton, our ministers, and to everybody. We give honor to each of you. But it was a few weeks ago on Christmas Eve that Elder White preached the gift of God. How many of you remember that message? The gift of God. And sometimes when we think about God, we think about him as a lot of things. If I were to ask you to, uh, what, what do you think about when you think about God? Everybody in here would have a different answer there would be thousands upon thousands of answers if you ask the world what do you think about God what comes to mind when you think about God we would have so many different answers some of us would immediately think of him as our savior I myself right now the first thing that comes to mind is him as my comforter because he's been a present comfort in my life some of us would think of him as our provider maybe you're in a situation where things are tight and so you view God the strongest right now as your provider some of us would look at him. Maybe we've been through something, and you might view him as your teacher. Uh, uh, Sometimes we think of him as our father. Uh, In this Christmas season, we think of him as our king, right? Uh, uh, But how often do we really think about him as a gift? Mm. I know uh, I was not here on Christmas Eve and I'm not going to try to preach a Christmas message. Elder White handled that. But the entire reason for this season revolves around the greatest gift that was ever given. And that is when God, excuse me himself, wrapped himself in a body of flesh, and he came through the seed of a woman to take away the sins of the world. Let's not forget why we celebrate this season. He, he is a gift to us, but not only is he himself a gift, but he's also a God that loves to give gifts to his children. See, this is important to understand uh, that not, God is not just a gift in, of him, in and of himself, but he loves to give gifts to us okay why does that matter just like many of you probably took joy in giving gifts to your children this year or to your spouse or to your family and you see their faces light up with the excitement of giving gifts or receiving gifts and uh you you enjoy receiving that thankfulness back how many of you feel good when you give someone something and they say thank you It feels good, especially when you see that they're excited about the gift. Then you feel real good, like, I did a good job. And you're thankful, you're grateful that they say thank you to you. And our God is no different. He's no different than the parent that enjoys giving gifts to their children. In fact, the reason why we enjoy that feeling so much is because we are made in the image of God. You see, uh, God loves when we thank Him. He loves when we praise Him, just like we love it when we get it from our children. But it's a humbling and a sobering thought to realize that the pure things that we enjoy, the good things in life that we enjoy, such as the love that we feel for our family, such as the pure love that we feel for our spouse. The joy that our children bring to us, the feelings of peace and hope and trust and love, all of those wonderful things are mere reflections of the one in whose image we're made. You see, we enjoy those things because that's who God is. We cannot miss the fact this morning, but we've got to remind ourselves that we're made in the image of God. Remind yourself right now and say, I'm made in his image. Yes, sometimes we start to look at ourselves in the mirror and we start to judge ourselves by our circumstances, but every now and then you've got to just stop and remind yourself, I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. God did not mess up when he made me, but I'm made. In his image sometimes it's easy to forget as we find ourselves stuck stuck in the ups and downs of life that we are made in the image of a perfect and in the image of an almighty God but when it comes to God when it comes to him we don't have enough words in our human vocabulary you can't be smart enough to come up with enough words to accurately describe all of what God is but one thing we can understand about him is that he loves to give gifts his children it'll all make sense in a minute if you're taking notes this would be a good place for you to start all things are a direct gift from God all things somebody say all things all things are a direct gift from God every year that passes by is a direct gift from God yeah we're in a new year guess what 2024 is a gift from God you didn't have to be here There are many people that were here in December 31st of 2023 that are not here today. But this year is a gift from God. Every day that you wake up in the morning is a direct gift from God. Every minute that the blood is flowing warm through your veins is a direct gift from God. Even down to the very breath that you just took. (laughs) Think about it for a minute. The very breath you just took just now in the breath you just took just now is a direct gift from God. Everything that we have are direct gifts from God. What makes it a gift? Why would you call it a gift? Well, a gift is anything that someone else has or obtains that they choose to give to you. I'm going to say that again. A gift is anything that someone has or obtains that they then choose to give to you. Uh huh. So, why is the breath that you just took a gift from God? I'm glad you asked. Because the air that you're breathing quite literally belongs to Him, and He's chosen to give it. Us, it comes from him, he spoke it into existence, he created the very air that we breathe, he regulates it so that there's not too much of one substance that would be toxic to us. Have you ever thought about the fact that there's just the right amount of oxygen in this room to support everybody that's in here? Uh-huh. What a mighty and amazing God that we serve, and He's He's created the systems that allow the breath to be. I know this is simple for some of y'all and y'all want some more meat, but just think about the very breath that you have. It's a gift. Sometimes anybody here ever had a stuffy nose and you can't breathe. Uh huh, And it makes you appreciate the times when your nose is clear. And so there's times I'll sit there and God will bring to my mind, ain't you happy your nose ain't stuffy right now? Uh-huh. And I just say, thank you, Jesus, that I can breathe freely. Uh-huh. Sometimes we got to get real down to the nitty gritty and be grateful for the little things. Somebody say, everything is a gift from God. Yeah, I don't want you to start acting unseemingly or odd, but you quite literally would be justified if you said "Thank you Jesus," after every breath you took. Uh-huh? Just, just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it's a good practice, because sometimes we take stuff for granted that we've got to get back to the basics and just begin to be thankful for every breath. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about this morning? And I don't know about you, but in this new year, I'm making it a mission of mine to just start being more thankful. I believe I heard Elder Gooding reading a scripture this morning. I couldn't make it out, but it sounded like he was talking about thankfulness, being thankful to some degree. We've got to, in 2024, people of God, be more thankful. Every time that I think about what he's done for me or what he's given to me, or catch this, even just the very fact that I'm still here, that I'm even alive, and that I have brokenness. In my body, you ought to just stop some time and just say, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, that seems even like a good place for us to just take about 10 seconds and put our hands together and just say, Thank you for what God is doing in our lives because everything is a gift from God. That food you ate this morning, guess what? It was a gift from God. Uh, Maybe you say, well, I didn't eat this morning. Well, the, the fact that you even had the ability to eat if you wanted to is a gift from God. We've got to be more thankful thankful that we live in a country where we can freely worship thankful that we have a roof over our head and if you can't think of any other good reasons to be thankful how about just giving him thanks for being a good God uh-huh. he's just uh, I'm not here to thank you for anything in particular but I thank you for being God yeah sometimes we have to bring ourselves to that point and realize that everything's a gift from God. Every time you blink your eye, thank you, Jesus. Every time I raise my hand, thank you, Jesus. Every time I get up out of the bed, thank you, Jesus. Every time I can send a brainwave from my mind down to my extremities and say, move, thank you, Jesus. Because if it were not for the grace of God, you would not be able to do anything. Everything is a gift from God. First Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, In everything. Give thanks. Is that what you read this morning? Look at God. I, I I I did not know that when I was preparing this message, but God always confirms His word. Say somebody say God confirms it in First Thessalonians five eighteen and everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In other words, God's will for you. Anybody who's struggling to know what is God's will for my life, well, I'll give you one point of it. And the main point of His will for your life is for you to be thankful be thankful. He created you to be thankful and to worship him and to adore him. Somebody say I got to be thankful. Uh-huh, you've got to be thankful. If you ever have struggled to know what does God want from me, then that's a good place for you to start. He wants me to be What do you need to do in 2024? God wants you to be more thankful uh he wants you to stop taking things for granted and to just appreciate the fact that you are where you are no matter if you're not where you want to be in life be thankful for the fact that you're not where you used to be in life i i know there's somebody that that minister to you're not where you want to be yet but you're not where you used to be you've got to be thankful in everything it says give thanks thanks for what thanks for the good things that's easy we don't have a problem being thankful for the good things we're thankful for the bad things. But guess what, I've been on this very heavy the last month or so from what Elder Cory preached to us, but guess what, there really aren't any bad things. Uh-oh. Uh oh, I'm gonna lose some of y'all right here, but there really are no bad things. How can I say that? Uh, I put on Facebook the other day, when you believe and understand that a good God, anybody see this post I made? Some of y'all might have seen it. When, when you believe and understand that there is a good God who is the author, you can rest in even the worst parts of the story. You see, when you're reading a book and you're all into the book and you're on an emotional roller coaster, that's what an, an author is designed to take you on when they're writing a book. And you're full of emotions and you're you're super into the story. And then some bad things happen. Anybody ever read a book and you get to the bad part and you, you get a little uptight and uh, you, you start to worry a little bit as if this is real life happening to you? And but here's the thing: you don't know necessarily the author of that story. So so you're in your right. You're you're you are justified in having those fears because you don't really know the character of the author, uh oh. But when we're talking about this thing called life, when we're talking about the ups and downs that I might experience, in my own life. You see, when you get to those parts in the story that seem like the worst parts and the the most uncomfortable parts of the story, guess what? Because you know the nature of the author, I wish I had some help this morning, because you know the nature of the author of the story, you can rest even in the bad chapters. Is there anybody here that's ever been in a bad chapter of this story and they didn't really know how it was going to turn around, but you just had a thought? Guess what? I know who wrote the story And if you know who wrote the story, you can just rest in the middle of it and say, I'm not worried because I know what the end is going to be. Somebody ought to give God praise right there. Some of you are in the worst part of your story right now. I'll raise my hand and I believe at times that God is taking me through the worst chapters of my story, but I find rest here. How can I find rest here? Not because I'm superhuman. Uh, Some people say, I don't know how you're being so strong. I say, I don't know either. But all I know is I know who's in control of the story. Uh, Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me make this a little bit plainer for you. If God is good, how many know God is good? Y'all say it all the time. We sing it all the time. If we know that God is good and if we know that his will is perfect and that he is our loving father, then everything that happens to us is good. A few minutes ago, I said nothing bad actually happens. And some of y'all looked at me like I was crazy, and that's okay. But let me break it down and make it very simply. There are only two things, somebody say two things, that ever happen to any of us. Now, I know tradition, traditionally we've thought of it as, yeah, two things happen to us, good things and bad things. But I submit to you today that the only two things that ever happen to any of us are good things that we recognize. And good things that don't make sense yet. Uh huh. You see, I'm going to say that again because some of y'all missed it. The only thing that ever happens to us, there's only two options. It's good things that we recognize. Those are easy, right? Good things that make us feel good instantly. Oh, that was good. That's exciting. I feel great. But the only other thing that can happen to you is a good thing that doesn't make sense yet. Because even the things that seem bad to us, they're not really bad. They just don't make sense yet. How can I say that? Because I trust in the word which says that all things work together for the good of them that love God. I know I say it, I might say that week. I might say it every single week until God moves me off of it. But the things that don't seem good, they're still good. They just don't make sense to me yet. See, it's all about your perspective. How can I say that when I just lost my father? How can I say that when I just lost my daughter who never even had a chance at life? How can I stand up here and say that those are good things? Well, they're not good because they feel good. I can tell you that they don't feel very good. They're not good because they make sense to me. They're not even good because I just suppress it and act like everything's okay. But they're good because even in this, somebody say even in this, I know who the author is. In our text, the psalmist begins by giving thanks to God when he says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is Good, Because his mercy endureth forever. It goes on, if you read Psalm 118 to say that it is a call and response. The psalmist is saying something and he is calling the people to respond for his mercy endureth forever. They're talking about the mercy and the goodness of God. Jewish tradition, if you study this text, Jewish tradition tells us that this psalm was written about the rebuilding of the temple. Stay with me here. I'm going to go somewhere. The psalm was written about the rebuilding of the temple. It shows us even Jesus when it talks about in verse 22 the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. Go and read it for yourself sometime. It's one of my favorite psalms in the entire Bible. But in spite of everything that Israel had been through in the Old Testament and in spite of everything that Jesus would endure on our behalf in the New Testament, and I'll throw this in, in spite of everything that you might be dealing with in your own life, whether it's a consequence of something that God allowed to come your way, uh, uh, the response should still be the same. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Uh, Is there anybody here that can testify to the fact that it doesn't really matter what it looks like, it doesn't really matter what it feels I know the author of the story and because I know the author I know that this thing is the Lord's doing and because I know the Lord did it it's marvelous you mean even going through the most tragic time of your life it's marvelous why is it marvelous because I know the author I know the author I can tell you this I was sitting in the hospital just a few weeks ago right after losing our daughter and this scripture came to me This is the Lord's doing, and I, 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 quite frankly, I wasn't even sure if it was a scripture. I wasn't even quite sure. I knew it vaguely sounded familiar. I knew I had read some kind of concept to that, but it, it, I just kept hearing, this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. Because, as I've said before, I started to question. And Bishop Hamilton said it yesterday. It's okay to ask God questions. It's just not okay to question his, to question his existence. He said, but it's okay to ask him questions. And, and so I was, getting, I was asking God, why, God, why, why, why? In so many different ways, I was asking him, why would he allow this to happen? And then he, ran, he kept ringing in my spirit, this is my doing. (sighs) This is my doing. It couldn't have happened if the Lord didn't allow it. You see, you've got to understand that's a different level of faith, y'all. It couldn't happen if God didn't allow it to happen. And so I I Googled it. I said, this is the Lord's doing. I know that's somewhere in there. I've heard it before, but I can't call it. And then he brought me to the scripture. This is the Lord's doing. And because it's the Lord's doing, it's marvelous. Somebody say marvelous. How can you say something so tragic is marvelous because it's the Lord's doing? How can you say something so uncomfortable is marvelous because it's the Lord's doing? How can you say something that doesn't make sense to you is marvelous because it is the Lord's doing? In the second part of this verse that we're reading this morning, it's a personal decision. Yes, it's the Lord's doing. Guess what? That is an objective fact. That don't matter whether you believe it or not. The Lord is the one who's in control. But the second part It's subjective. The second part of our text here is not an objective fact. You don't have to view things God does as marvelous. You could view them as unfair. Anybody ever been to a point where you questioned some things that God allowed in your life and you thought it was unfair? All right, a few of us will be honest about it. I don't know about you, but I've been in a place where I thought some things that God had done was unfair. And I said, this is terrible. I know people right now who tell me, I, don't, I, I, just, I, can't get in, I can't get with God, I can't get into church because I just don't understand why he does things. I know the stuff, that, typically they don't have a problem acknowledging that God's the one in control. They say, well, I don't know why God does this or he allows this to happen. And so they choose to view it as a bad thing. But the psalmist here is reminding us that, yes, acknowledge that this is the Lord's doing. But then the second part, you've got to make it your personal testimony that I'm going to view it as marvelous. Let me keep moving here so I don't put you all to sleep. It's okay uh, to question God. But the Bible says in everything we are to give thanks. Uh, Thanks for what? Thanks for the gifts that God has given us. The things that may seem like they're bad, give thanks. Uh, The things that are good, of course, give thanks. The things that are convicting to our spirit, give thanks. The times that God chastises us or corrects us, give thanks. The things that hurt and don't feel good, somebody shout, give thanks. You've got to give thanks for everything. I think about the gifts that we were giving our children for Christmas, and they were opening the toys and the presents, and anytime it was a toy, uh, you just saw the excitement on their face. Anytime it was a game, they just lit up. Oh, thank you, mommy. Thank you, daddy. They're just so excited. But even without looking, you could almost know when they got to a gift. That they weren't quite thankful for, uh huh. Because you could hear the wrapping paper, and even if you weren't looking at them, and after you heard the wrapping paper stop crunching, and you didn't hear nothing, uh huh. Previously it was, oh thank you, but now it's, oh Uh huh. Anybody ever seen your children do that, or maybe you've done that yourself? Uh huh. Some of us, uh, uh, some of us might be guilty. You ever open up a card and you open it and nothing falls out of it, and you kind of go, oh, this is nice. Uh huh. But if there's something that falls out of it, you're like, oh, wow, thank you. Uh huh. Yeah, some of us can be honest about that this morning. But the reason our children do that is because sometimes they open gifts that they don't immediately understand the value of. You see, they open a toy, they immediately understand the value. Ooh, this is gonna be fun. I can play with this. But they open up some clothes, that's not as exciting. Because they don't understand the value of clothes. They think clothes just happen to be in their drawer. They don't know where it comes from. They don't know how it always happens to fit every time I grow. They don't think about those things. I remember, Sister Dina's not here, but her thing, she used to get everybody in the family, what was it, Uh I heard them say, she used to get them white socks. Every year for Christmas. And I thank God I just somehow got grafted into the family. And she started giving me socks, too. And when I was little, she would give me this Christmas present. I'm always like, oh, yes, Aunt Dina got me a Christmas gift. I opened it up, and it was plain white socks. Didn't even have no logo on them. Just plain white socks. And I said, oh, thank you, Aunt Dina. This is nice. And the next year, I got another package from Aunt Dina. I'm so excited. Here we go. I done forgot about what happened last year. I opened it up, and it's plain white socks. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Andine, this is nice. And you know, every year, after year, after year, she'd give me that same present. Same present every year. And it wasn't until I got older. It wasn't until really I was on my own. I'm in college, I'm off by myself, all through high school. Like, oh, plain white socks, can't wear these. They gonna clown me, they ain't even got no logo on them. But when I got to college, I got older, and now I'm paying for more of my own stuff. Now I don't care so much about being cute. I'm trying to be warm. Guess what came in handy? Guess what I started to appreciate? That drawer of about 50 pairs of white socks that I ain't never touched from all the years of gifts. You see, why am I telling you that? Because sometimes it's easy for us to say say thank you and be thankful for the gifts that we recognize their value. But the things, the reason why we can't say always thank you in bad times is because we don't recognize the value. We don't recognize the value of what God is doing because they don't feel good. You see them socks didn't necessarily feel good when I opened them. I didn't understand the value of them. I could have said that was a bad present, why she give me those socks? But those, that present was a good present and I recognized the value as I got older, but when, and so sometimes we get gifts that we don't ever really develop an appreciation for. Anybody ever got a gift that you open, you set it somewhere and you never think about it until later. Some stuff you never even think about or ever get a use for ever. I got some gifts sitting in my house that I'm like, I don't think I'll ever need that. I don't think I'll ever use it. And the the truth is sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's true. And so you never get an appreciation for it because you you never recognize the value. But that's okay when it comes to gifts from other people. But when it comes to the gifts that God gives us, we cannot afford not to be thankful. Why am I hitting so hard on thankfulness? This ain't even my my subject. I'm hitting so hard on it because uh, it ties in. Because even in this, somebody say even in this, my job is to be thankful. I gotta move or y'all gonna I'm gonna have y'all here all day. Point number two, we are not entitled to anything good. Woo, We are not entitled to anything good. We're not entitled to anything good. You don't don't deserve anything good. I don't deserve anything good. And and I hate to break it to us like that. Uh, And I know I don't want to put you in a pity party or make you feel bad because I said you don't deserve anything good. But let me tell you why. You see, the word deserve means to have earned or to be given something because of the way you've behaved or the qualities that you have. I want to say that again. The word deserve means to have earned or to be given something because of the way you've behaved or the qualities that you have. Unfortunately for us, the Bible tells us that surely in Ecclesiastes 7 and 20, it says, Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. That's what the word says. I didn't say it. I'm not saying you're a bad person the word says we're all bad people when we're left to ourselves before we get into the body of Christ and even once we're in the body of Christ see just because you're saved don't mean that you all of a sudden are now good it means that the goodness of God is overshadowing the sin that's in you and now he has marked you as righteous <laughs> you see uh, I got a hiccup on that one let me keep moving for y'all start throwing stuff at me you see uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 3 23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I told you before, and I'll keep telling you, think of sin as anything that falls short of God's mark. An archer who's shooting an arrow, I know I've said it, but I want to make sure it sticks. The archer that shoots an arrow that travels and falls short of the mark. Guess what? That archer, nothing matters in that moment about why the arrow fell short. I want you to think about this. Nothing really matters other than the fact that they missed the mark. It doesn't do any good to start asking questions and making excuses for the archer like, well, maybe he didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe he didn't pull back and get enough tension on the arrow. The only thing that matters is he missed the mark. He missed the mark, and so that's a visual representation of our sin. Whenever we fall short of God's mark for us, we are in sin none of the other things matter why am I telling you this because even if you feel like you've lived a pretty decent life this is why people I, I I'm, I'm sorry for people who say well I'm a good person I'm a good my, my grandmother was a good lady she didn't believe in God didn't go to church but she was a decent lady she lived a decent life so I know she's going to be in heaven well I, I'm not here to say she's not because I don't know all I know is what the Bible says but you can live a decent life and and be a good person and some of us may feel like we've never done anything major against God but the fact of the matter is James 2 and 10 says for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in just one point somebody say one point is guilty of the whole law so even if you felt like I've lived a great life I've been a great person I, I don't do any of the major stuff I never robbed nobody never killed nobody never did any of those things guess what if you've sinned in one point you're a sinner and you're guilty of the whole law. We all deserve separation from God. None of us deserve the good things. Didn't I tell you that God gives us gifts? Guess what? We don't deserve any of them because we've been separated from God. And even if we somehow were able to find a way to tiptoe through the raindrops and somehow, this is not possible, but somehow we were able to go through our entire life without sin. And guess what? You're still disqualified because you were born in sin and shaping an iniquity from the womb. So it really don't matter if you did somehow manage to live a perfect life, which you didn't, you still are a sinner but, somebody shout but (laughs) here is the good news but God shows his love for us, this is the word y'all in that while we were yet sinners somebody say yet sinners God died, Christ died rather for the ungodly who is the ungodly Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a good person, guess what we are the ungodly until we are born anew in Christ, the ungodly was you and the ungodly was I, and no, we don't deserve any good thing, which is why We cannot get mad at God when things happen that aren't comfortable. My wife said something that just really knocked me almost over when she said it. And this was on uh, the 24th of December, the day we found out what what happened to our daughter. And just a few hours after that, she looked at me and said, I said, are you okay? And I knew she wasn't, but I I just was checking on her. I said, are you okay? She said, no, but who are we to think That bad things like this can't happen to us. And at first I wanted to get indignant and say, well, no, we're we're the children of God. What do you mean? We're we're working in his vineyard, we're we're serving the Lord, we're striving to to be everything he's called us to be. But then it hit me. She's right. Who are we to think? These kind of things happen. And I found out over the last two weeks that miscarriages and stillbirths have happened to so many people. I don't want to, I don't want to dig, but how many have ever had a miscarriage or a stillbirth in here? Amazing. I never would have known that. I think I knew about one in this building. And I just saw about ten hands go up. Who are we to think that something, we've had three beautiful baby boys, one had some complications but now has no issues at all, Uh, and so they're perfectly healthy. Who are we to think that something like that couldn't happen to us? Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying it because sometimes we've got to remember the fact that we don't deserve anything good. But that's that's how we can have the mindset that every blessing that God allows to come our way, we ought to just be thankful. We ought to be thankful because we don't deserve anything. Yes, we're special to God because we're his children. I get it. But we're not exempt from things happening that don't feel good. But we know that God never makes a mistake. How many really believe God never makes a mistake? And as long as I can know that everything that happens only happens because God allows it, then I can have the testimony like King David did here in Psalm that this is the Lord's doing. And because I know he did it, it's marvelous in our eyes. It's marvelous in our eyes. This brings me to my last point, point number three, and it is this. Trust and thankfulness will carry you to each new level in your life. I'm going to say it slower and give them time to put it up there. Trust and thankfulness will carry you to each new level in your life. There are a lot of attributes that a child of God should display. We should be loving. How many know we should be kind? How many know we should be giving? We should be patient. When it comes to God, we should worship. We should praise him. We should lift up his name. But I believe God wants us in this season to understand these two positions greater than we've ever understood them before. What are those two positions? He wants us to be trusting in him, and he wants us to be thankful to him. Trust and thankfulness. Thankfulness will carry you to places that you've never gone before. You've got to trust God with your very life. Somebody say, I've got to trust him. You've got to trust him with your very life. You've got to trust that everything that happens to you is part of his plan. How can it be God's plan to bring tragedy into our life? The answer is, truly, I don't know. But what I do know is that if he allowed it, then it has to be part of his plan. And if there's part of his plan, brothers and sisters, uh, then the promise in scripture is this, uh, that it's got to be working for our good. Uh, that thing that you've got to do when a trying situation hits your life, uh, what do you do when adversity comes on every side uh, and you feel like the walls are closing in on you, uh, when something unfavorable in your mind happens, uh, when something that seems unfavorable comes uh, and knocks on your doorstep uh, instead of questioning what God is doing uh, next time move yourself uh, into a place of expectation uh, of the good that is about to come Uh, you might feel crazy uh, in the moments you might seem nuts for worshiping God uh, in times that others uh, think you ought to be losing your mind Uh, but it is the peace of God uh, that passes all understanding uh, I wish I had some help in here that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so you can trust in the God who spoke the world into existence. You've got to learn to trust in the God who's already declared the end from the beginning. We understand that he is the alpha and he is the omega, which means that anything in the middle does not come as a shock to God. You don't have to wait to the get, excuse me, you don't have to wait to get to the end of the story. Help me, Holy Ghost, to find out what the story is going to tell you in the end. But you can do in the middle what I've tried to through the last two weeks and stay calm in the middle of the story. I can find rest in the middle of the story because I know the one who wrote the story what do I know about him? I know that he is good. I've come to know that he is faithful. I've come to know that he has all power in his hands. The power in heaven and on earth is in the hands of my Jesus. And if he's got all power, then why would I fear anything? Why would I let anything knock me off my course? Because all power, come on, other Corey, all power is in his. His hands And I know that he always makes a way even when there seems to be no way. Is there anybody in here that know God has made a way when you didn't know how you were going to make it? When you didn't have two nickels to rub together? When the enemy was trying to tell you that you might as well end it because you're not worth anything. But God stepped in right on time and he said, here I am. Take my hands get up from where you are because I love you and what I know about my Jesus is that he'll keep me in perfect peace when I keep my mind stayed on him what do I know about him I know that he's never left me and that he's always by my side what do I know about him I know he can heal the sick I know he's able to raise the dead and these are some of the things that he is that he's able to do for me the Bible tells me he's a burden bearer. The song said he's a heavy load sharer. And these are just some of the things that describe what he can do. But let me take a minute and just talk Not about what he can do But talk about who he is He is the lily of a dark and a desolate valley In your midnight season He is the bright and the morning star What do I know about him? He's the wheel In the middle of the wheel He keeps everything in motion He's the healing bomb in Gilead He's the rock of angels that I can stand on in any situation. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord. I wish I had some help this morning of all lords he is the mighty god he is the prince of peace who am i talking about i'm talking about my god and his name is jesus he is the everlasting father he is the great i am and this is just a little bit of who he is But most importantly to me, he's the author of my story. And he's the author of your story. And since he already wrote the book, all you've got to do is trust in the story. And everything, I said everything, has got to be all right. Because I've got news for you. The story works out in your favor. Every chapter may not feel good. Every scene may not suggest a good outcome, but it really doesn't matter because the author has already declared how the story is. And so I can say thank you, Jesus. Lord, I trust you. I'm about to take my seat. But Lord, I trust you. Even in this, even in this, I trust you and I thank you. But I just lost my child. But even in this, I trust you and I thank you. But I just lost my job. Even in this, I trust you and I thank you. But even when I go and have my back up against the wall, I trust you and I thank you. But Pastor, my health is going down. And I'm not able to do what I used to do. Well, guess what? Even in this... I trust you and I thank you but I'm having financial problems and my money's not like it used to be and I don't know how I'm going to make it but even in this I trust you and I thank you. My children don't talk to me no more and my family is a hot mess but even in this I trust you and I thank you. They don't like me on my job and they talk about me in my school but even Somebody shout, even, even in this, I trust you and I thank you, because why, because God, somebody shout God. God is still the one who wrote the story and he knows exactly what he's doing. He's never lost control of the situation. Therefore, you can stand flat-footed and tell the enemy. You can stand flat-footed and tell your family. You can stand flat-footed and tell your friends. You can stand flat-footed and tell yourself. You can stand flat-footed and tell the world and even tell your doctor that God has already declared the end of this story. And I'm coming out. I'm coming out on top because even in this, it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous. Somebody shout marvelous. It's marvelous in my eyes. Somebody ought to open up your mouth and give God a praise. Even in this, even in this, woo, even in this, you might not be in an even in in this moment right now, I am, I've been in one for about the last year, I'm in my even in this season, But here's the question. The question is not God, how long? The question is not God, why? Are we going to ask those questions? So we may, but ask it and move on from it. Get it out your system. It's all right. Don't suppress it. Get it out your system. Ask the questions you got to ask. But then ask the right question. Somebody say the right question. What is the right question? The right question is when you find yourself in your even in this season. It might be a year, like what I feel like I'm in right now. It might be a week. It might be a day. You might just be in your even in this season just for a couple minutes. But the fact of the matter remains, it doesn't matter how long you're in the season. There's one question you've got to ask. Somebody say, what's the question? The question is, God, what am I supposed to learn here? That's the question. Because... If you know the author of the story is good, and you know he already wrote the story, and you know he loves you, then all you've got to do is figure out what is it I'm supposed to learn here. Because I told you earlier, only two things happen to all of us. Good things we recognize and good things we don't recognize. That's it. So God, what am I supposed to learn here? Even in this, your even in this moment is coming. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. It's coming. Some of us probably can identify our even in this moment right now, if we were being honest. And so I challenge you what the spirit of the Lord is telling me to tell you guys today is that in your even in this moment, how you feel in that season is not predicated on what's around you. Your answer is not predicated on anything outside of you. I want y'all to get this. But how you feel in that moment and where you go from there ultimately is determined by how you choose to view it. The psalm here that we read 118:23, this is the Lord's doing. That's subjective. It doesn't matter what you think. God's in control. Whether you believe in him or not, he did it. He allowed it. The second part is what you have to challenge yourself to then believe is that it is his doing, and because it's his doing, it's marvelous in our eyes. It don't feel good, but it's marvelous. It don't look good, but it's marvelous. I don't understand it, but it's marvelous. Not because it's marvelous in and of itself. It's not marvelous to lose a child. It's not marvelous to have financial troubles. It's not marvelous to be in declining health, but it's marvelous in our eyes because we know it is the Lord's doing. And I trust his plan much better than I can trust my own plan. Even in this, Even in this. Somebody say, even in this. I'll trust him. Even in this. I'll be thankful. Even in this. This time the ministers are coming. If you're in an even in this season. If you're in an even in this season.